2: Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we speak with Ravens Wire Managing Editor Matthew Stevens as he gives us the breakdown on what's going on with the Ravens heading into Monday night's big matchup. Also, in our Chiefs Wire Roundtable, Mitch Carney, Talon Graff, and myself break down what happened in the Chargers game as well as our predictions heading into Monday night. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, are you concerned about the Chiefs' defense after Sunday's performance?
1: After going back and watching the All-22, I think that some of the concerns are a little overblown. Uh, The tackling, for instance, it improved as the game went on, which is kind of something that you'd expect. You got to remember that there were a lot of young players out there, too. Players that didn't have a preseason. You have Le'Jarius Sneed, uh, Tershawn Wharton, Mike Dana. Those are the guys who are out there in terms of just the rookies. Then you have second-year guys like Rashad Fenton. And then you have Juan Thornhill, who's still getting his feet under him after that knee injury he had last season. Then you have first-year guys in Kansas City like Tedrick Thompson and Taco Charlton who are playing a lot of snaps through that that first game and the second game as well. There are newer pieces out there that are adjusting on the fly, and they're filling in for some big-name players for Kansas City. And they're doing an okay job. I thought there was a lot more to be impressed with coming out of this game than there was to be concerned about. For instance, through two games, the Chiefs have the second best pressure rate in the National Football League. According to Pro Football Reference, the team has pressured quarterbacks on 37.2% of their dropbacks, with 29 total pressures. The only team that was better through two weeks... The Pittsburgh Steelers, who they have got a monster defensive line as well. But like this wasn't exactly what we were expecting out of this team early on to see them pressure the quarterback. And then when you consider the fact that Frank Clark missed half the game in week two, Alex Okafor out in week two, missed part of the game in week one with an injury. Those are their top two edge guys, and they're not even out there. So I feel like this unit's only going to get better moving forward. They're going to have an infusion of veteran talent uh, returning from suspension and injury. They'll get a big boost to the run defense this week with with Mike Pennell getting back after his two-game suspension. They're also expected to get Charvarius Ward back this week. Then obviously they'll get Alex Okafor at some point down the line. Uh, in week five they get Bashad Breeland back and that'll be big for the defense. I, I even think they'll find a way they'll they'll probably play Breeland in the slot which he did in 2018 with the Green Bay Packers and then they'll use Ward and Sneed on the outside and I mean that that could be quite the trio of corners for Kansas City. So, as I said, I, I think this unit, moving forward, they're only going to get better and better. Kind of just like what we saw last season, uh, how how they kind of snowballed towards the end of the season, got things together, and were the one of the best defenses in the NFL uh, toward the end of the season there.
2: Do you believe we will see more scrambling from Patrick Mahomes this season?
1: I'm not sure that it's just going to be scrambling for Mahomes. He really emphasized these past two weeks that he's been trying to learn how to better take what defenses give him and kind of roll with the punches. If they're going to play the deep ball, he's going to check it down to his playmakers and let them do, do their jobs. If they're going to play coverage, he's going to make them pay with his legs. We saw that just this last week uh, <laughs> against the Los Angeles Chargers late in the game. If they're not defending the run well, he's going to hand it off to his running back. Let him have a big game. If they're struggling to defend the deep ball, he's going to let it fly. So I think this is more just a natural evolution for Mahomes. It's not to say that we won't see him improvise and make those incredible plays that we're used to seeing. But in years past, he felt like he was maybe missing some open plays in favor of taking a shot play. And it didn't always pay off. For now, he's he's trying to learn how to fight and live for another down. If he has to check it down just to, to pick up a new set of downs, he's gonna do it.
2: Did last Sunday's game solidify Harrison Butker as the best kicker in the league currently?
1: I think he certainly made a case for it. Obviously, it's, it's er, early in the season. And uh, Ravens fans will disagree with you. There are probably even some people out there who think that Young-Wei Koo is the best overall kicker in the National Football League right now with those uh, on-site kicks and all that stuff he's been doing. There are just so few guys out there who can do what Butker did in that overtime period. I mean, to hit a 58-yard game-winning field goal in it in and of itself is impressive, but to basically do it three times in a row... And then a fourth time during the course of the game? I mean, that's just unheard of. And then the fact that this offseason, he was hitting field goals from like 77 yards out. I mean, who who can do that? I've never even heard of a, a field goal being made from that distance. I think, in fact, the longest field goal attempted in NFL history is something like 76 yards. So I just kind of wonder, is he going to be the guy to set the NFL record this year or maybe next year or just in the future? I think right now, Matt Prater, I believe, he has the NFL record with 64 yards, and it came at Mile Heights Stadium. But, I mean, he probably could have hit one from 64 yards at, at uh, you know, the, the Los Angeles Stadium, the new stadium this past week. So... I mean, we'll see if the Chiefs maybe let him try to hit it, maybe at High Stadium later this season. I don't know. We'll see. That that one, I mean, gosh, what an impressive performance from Butker.
2: And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week?
1: There's a ton of great stuff on Chiefs Wire right now. Obviously, we've got some content covering the Week 2 win over the Chargers. Uh, there's some more stuff previewing the, the Week 3 tilt with the Ravens as well. Uh, But one thing I'm super excited about, the feature that I teased, I think back in like July is when I started teasing it. I've been working on it for that long, but it is finally here. Uh, It's a project called Homegrown Legends. Um, I had to research and find the best players from the Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska areas and assemble an all-star Chiefs team. Um, And... Let me tell you guys, this team has some serious firepower. We're talking about the late, great Gale Sayers, Barry Sanders, Jordy Nelson, Darren Sproles, Roger Wharely, Justin Smith, and Nolan Cromwell, and and more, more players, more all-time greats. I mean, uh, I, I didn't actually think going into it that I would be able to find a lot of these guys from this area because, I mean, you look at some of the other teams, you know, Texas, Louisiana, uh, Florida, I mean, some of these other teams just have just uh, loads of talent, of NFL talent to choose from. Uh, But I was really surprised by the team that I was able to assemble. So today actually is the last day that you can go and vote in the touchdown wire bracket, which features all 32 homegrown legends teams. I, I believe on Friday, It it, uh, is over and they're going to be moving on to the next round of our bracket. So um, we're facing off with a Jaguars team that features Tim Tebow. I I think that we've got their number, but you guys go take a look and tell me. Uh, But yeah, I mean, thank you guys so much always for visiting the website and, and for listening to the podcast. We couldn't do all this without you. We appreciate you so much. Uh, moving on to the next 100 episodes, we're at episode 101, had our 100th episode last week. Be sure to, uh, to check that out. Thank you guys again so much. Go Chiefs.
2: For more information on this story and others, head over to chiefswire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire podcast roundtable. PeaceWire Podcast. We are back, and it's that time again. We are here in the round table with Mitch Carney and Talon Graf. Guys, how's it going?
3: It's going. Uh, I think my heart rate is uh, heart rate is finally down to normal following <laughs> Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, myself, uh, I was just glad that you were able to pull away a win there. Uh,
3: not what I,
0: not what I was expecting uh, last week.
2: Well, surprisingly, that's what I was expecting. Uh, I I did expect a uh, field goal win, and I remember you guys were kind of like, oh, man, there's no possible way. I even believed you, too. I was like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. And then it happened, and talent reminded me. So you never know. With those divisional games, you never know what's going to happen. One thing I can say I didn't expect, and I'm actually curious for you guys' opinions on this, the whole Tyrod Taylor last-minute, you know, uh, scratch, Do you guys feel like that was a plan ahead of time, or was this a legit, like, they found out he was injured during uh, warm-ups? Mitch, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, at first, I was kind of confused, and I was thinking, well, maybe that's true, but then after hearing Tyrod Taylor went to the the hospital later that day, then also hearing uh, Anthony Lynn's comments on uh, who's going to be the quarterback, you know, the starting quarterback going forward, and he said Tyrod's going to be the guy if he's fully healthy, Um, I do think it was just kind of sprung up on Herbert on the last minute, and it was just kind of an emergency. But uh, shout-out to Herbert. He had a great game. Um, I do think if the Chiefs had a little bit more time to prepare for him as starting quarterback, he wouldn't have succeeded as well. But he still had a really great game, uh, and it's going to be fun watching him progress and, you know, maybe give Patrick Mahomes uh, some uh,
3: interesting games in the future. Yeah, yeah, Herbert did a really good job for a. You know, if he really didn't know he was starting, which I, I want to believe that's how it happened. I don't think NFL teams try to do, you know, pull stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, hopefully Tyrod is healthy. I don't know what exactly happened. I know he had rib injuries and then, yeah, it ended up being a chest issue, which is why he wasn't able to play. But, um, yeah, I think it just kind of threw everyone for a loop. It was just kind of got the whole game off to, to a weird vibe. Um, and then to have Herbert play the way he did is like, yeah. I mean, that's it just, it just set the tone for the Chargers and it made him believe, and they just never went away the entire time.
2: What I just found interesting about it is, it's just that this is a rookie quarterback. He's not going to know, like, you're trying to tell me, like, three minutes before his very first start in a brand new stadium against the defending world champions, and, and a guy plays like this, I had to feel like there was maybe some type of conversation with him or some type of practice plays where they're like, Okay, this is a good possibility you will play in this game because he is injured. you know to me it's just it was almost like he was in sync right away. he didn't seem like a rookie quarterback that just got this sprung on him as we've seen over the years with other teams that's the reason why I had to throw in the whole speculation and you know conspiracy theory stuff because he played amazing it was a it was a definitely an amazing start and um I just want to get you guys quick. A, Opinion on that because Justin Herbert played so well. Is it more about him playing well or the defense not really stepping up? In and Talon, we'll come back to you on this.
3: You know, I, I, I'm take the easy answer and say it's a little bit of both. I mean, the defense played well. I mean, they. It's not like they're they, they tackling Austin Eckler. It just was the Achilles' heel the entire game. Austin Eckler had a really good game on the ground, um, and then uh, it just felt like with the injuries to the defensive backs, uh, you know, without Ward and then. We just, I think at one point we had three active cornerbacks and I think it was just kind of caught off guard because when you game plan for one quarterback, who's one type and that's Tyrod Taylor. And then you're, you got a guy you've never faced before. Uh, last time anybody saw him play was in the Rose bowl. You know, it's, it just, it throws the defense off. You don't really know how to react. You don't you don't know what his tendencies are. You don't know his mannerisms, anything like that. You have no idea. Um, what to expect when you're playing a guy like that that you've never faced and you're not expecting in that game week. So I think with all that said, I think it just was the, almost the perfect storm for the Chargers.
0: Yeah, and just to add on to what Talon said, I, didn't, I also think they also just had trouble tackling just in general, not just with Austin Eckler. Like I saw Mike Williams and Keenan Allen also break a couple tackles. So it just seemed like the, the defense just had a hard time getting it together. I don't know if they just weren't there mentally or what was going on, but this is the type of performance I expected Week One against the Texans with this no with no preseason and stuff, um, you know. But uh, they just struggled, you know, uh, against the Chargers, and I just don't know exactly why um, tackling. But uh, luckily, they were able to get the job done. Uh, they all need to get it together for Week Three against the Ravens, though.
2: That's uh, definitely they have to have it together if you're going against the defending MVP and Lamar Jackson so let's kind of dive into that the Baltimore Ravens come into this game also 2-0 and uh, this is a Monday night football game what do you feel like is in terms of the Chiefs defense what type of adjustments are going to be needed to be made when you're going up against Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense because they have pretty much had their way with uh, the last two opponents in the Texans and the Browns and Mitch I'm gonna come back to you on that
0: well, uh, you know, the Ravens match up actually pretty good against the Chiefs offensively, I believe. I mean, the Ravens' offense is, you know, mostly cent- centered around the run. Lamar Jackson can throw the ball and he can be deadly. So, of course, you're always going to have to watch out for that. But, um, you know, they have, you know, a lot of good running backs. They got Mark Ingram, they got J.K. Dobbins, they got Gus Edwards, who both can do some damage to the Chiefs, who uh, the last two weeks have struggled against the run and really struggled against it all last season. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, he's one of the deadliest players in the NFL, you know, running the ball. So if the Chiefs allow him to get outside the pocket and, you know, do some things, we could be in some trouble pretty fast. Uh, Luckily, we do have Mike Pennell returning this week, who I think is going to be a big help. But, uh, you know, we're just going to have to make sure that our linebackers are tackling uh, and getting to the line of scrimmage and stopping them at the line of scrimmage. If not, it's going to be a long game, and uh, it's going to be – I would imagine that the Ravens are going to put up a lot of points.
3: Yeah, you just got to be gap sound and play very good assignment football uh, when you're playing def- defense against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and you and for Spagnuolo, you have to game plan correctly. You have to have the right guys in the right spots. You can't have one of our linebackers in charge of trying to uh, be the spy on Lamar. You have that has to be Matthew, possibly Thornhill, um, or maybe even you know maybe Dorian O'Daniel, maybe one of those hybrid guys, but you can't have – got to have the guys in the right spots. You have to have a perfect game plan here. Um, and I know last year seems like a million years ago <clears throat> when the when the Chiefs kind of, I mean, played the Ravens very, very well. They beat them. Wasn't really that close to the game. But I feel like this is a completely new Ravens team. They're more energized. Uh, Lamar's playing lights-out football. They have a very good running game. Their offensive line is very solid. And uh, they're just an all-around very scary offense, and they're they're going to Marquise Brown more, which is does not bode well for the Chiefs defense because they just have a hard time. I, I feel stopping those uh, those speedy receivers. You know, week one Brandon Cooks was hobbled. Uh, Randall Cobb is not who he used to be, but we allowed Will Fuller to go over 100 yards, uh, and Marquise Brown is a better, faster Will Fuller. Uh, and then you got Miles Borkin and and Mark Andrews. So there's a lot of weapons on that Ravens offense so you just have to play sound football and make sure that you are not missing assignments because when you do that's when they expose you
2: and has definitely been the case over the first two games for the Ravens in terms of their offense now on the defensive side of the ball they've been pretty good as well even without Earl Thomas what are your thoughts on the way the Ravens defense is set up and how the Chiefs offense can really uh, match up with them and uh talent coming right back to you on it
3: Bro, yeah, they're, they're led by a very good coach in uh, Don Martindale. Um, they have every level. They have just a, a bunch of playmakers, Calais Campbell, uh, Derek Wolf, who the Chiefs are very familiar with, the former Bronco. Uh, and then their, their young rookie, Patrick Queen, is, is going to be a stud. He is, he's already a stud, but he's just going to keep getting better and better. Uh, he's, he's fast. He's tough. He can tackle. Uh, and he can cover. He, he's a perfect fit for that Ravens defense. And then, obviously, another guy that the Chiefs are very familiar with, Marcus Peters. And then, arguably, one of the most underrated corners in the game in Marlon Humphrey. Uh, they, just everywhere, our playmakers are fast. They're aggressive. Um, they like to get, you know, in, in your face. They like to talk. They like to make sure that you know they're there. Uh, and, and they're a hard team to really um, – find a weakness in so I, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup for the Chiefs seeing what happened against the Chargers defense I do think the Chargers defense is probably a little bit better in the pass rushing department but as a whole the Ravens defense is good at every level so this, this is going to be one of the toughest tests that Patrick Mahomes has faced in his career
0: yeah I totally agree with Talon there um you know, the Chiefs offense is going to have to come out and play we can't have a slow start like we did last week against the Chargers you know, we can't score only six points in the first half and expect to win this game. The offense is going to have to go out there right away and perform. Uh, you know, receivers can't be dropping passes. The offensive line has got to be at the top of their game, making sure Patrick Mahomes has enough time. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have to make an an impact on the ground. Um, so – because this defense is just so good, especially I think Marcus Peters is one of the top corners in the NFL. Um, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes throws an interception, you know, he has a chance to run it back and cause some really big damage to the Chiefs offense. So uh, we're just going to have to be at the top of our our game if we, uh, if we want to put some points up on this, put some points up against this team.
2: It will definitely be interesting, especially coming off a game against the Chargers where uh, let's be honest, uh, this wasn't the offense you expected from the Chiefs. They held, they had a bunch of problems just trying to to block the pass rushes of the, of the Chargers. When you look at the Ravens, they don't really have the same type of pass rush, but you don't want to have that same kind of, like, issue that they had last last week, I should say. So I'm looking at a guy like uh, Kalishio Semele. He, he struggled last week just trying to um, just not only blocking but uh, just penalties and, and just doing the things that needs to be done in order to keep Mahomes up and ha- actually have some time down the field. Now that we're talking about, like, Mahomes and his whole situation with the wide receivers, Tyreek Hill does it again. He gets a touchdown pass later in the game. But for most of the game, he was pretty locked up. What do you think is going on with the wide receiver core and why they haven't been able to find chances of getting open? And Mitch, I'm going to come to you on this.
0: Well, week one against the Texans, the game plan centered mostly around Clyde Oversholaire. They were running the ball a lot. Um, You know, they got the receivers involved a little bit. But for the most part, it was all about Clyde. And then I think week two, um, Tyreek Hill talked about this a little bit. It kind of felt like a practice to him, I think. Uh, just because without there being any fans. And I think that just kind of messed with him a little bit. He uh, was talking about that after the game. But I just think this, that was just kind of a bad game. I mean, I don't really know what was going on there. But I have enough faith in this receiver group. Tyree Kill is one of the top receivers in the NFL, top five. Pat, uh, Travis Kelsey is the, a top two tight end, if not the best tight end in the NFL. Uh, Sammy Watkins is is a very solid receiver. If, he come, if he's able to play this week, I, I'm not for sure if he was cleared yet or not. Uh, but I do have enough faith that they're going to be able to figure it out. And I think against the Ravens, they're going to know the stakes, knowing this is, you know, it's between them and the Ravens for the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, I do think they're going to come out and they're going to be able to perform right away. They're they're going to know the stakes and they'll come out and perform at the way we would expect them to be.
3: Yeah, it was, it was weird. The first half with Tyreek Kill. I just felt mentally he wasn't there. He wasn't invested. He wasn't, something was off i don't know what it is or what it was uh, rather um but yeah there's something was going on with with tyree kill mentally uh, you know that he was not making the plays he didn't seem to be really going 100 percent. and then you know obviously in the second half that big play seemed to spark everything and that's kind of when when the offense started rolling a little bit more um they still struggle but that's really kind of where the comeback started um But, yeah, to answer your question, Ed, I I don't really know what the issue is right now. I think just the fact that defenses are game planning for that. You know, when you have a full season and and you played, you know, three playoff games, including a Super Bowl, everybody has a ton of film because the deeper you go into the playoffs, the deeper you get in your playbook. So a lot of teams know what the Chiefs like to run and what they run in certain situations. So just having that, you know, access to that sort of film on a team like that defenses are going to be more prepared than you, than you realize, even though there are so many playmakers on the chiefs offense defenses prepare for that stuff because they know what you're trying to do. So I think a lot of that has to do with the slow, not really slow start, but the, the uh, struggles that we've seen so far that we're just not really used to. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to happen where the chiefs are a talented team. Um, We'll find our footing. We'll find exactly what the identity of this offense is going to be moving forward with with Clyde Desert tillaire And, you know, he had so much hype after week one, you know, may, you know, taking some of that attention away from the receivers. Maybe they felt like they didn't have to be as good as they normally are with the running game now. So, you know, tons of factors, to, I guess, to answer your question. But I just think eventually everything will get figured out and we'll, we'll see the Chiefs of old.
2: That is definitely the hope for uh, all Chiefs fans out there because it's it's a very different team when the you know, wide receivers aren't getting open. Mahomes doesn't have time to pass the ball. We had a, a pretty much a glimpse of it against the Chargers, and, and that's something that's just not going to work, especially going against a team like the Ravens. A big part of this game, obviously, this is such a huge matchup, are the individual uh, individual battles, I, I should say. And the biggest battle out there is obviously Mahomes and, and uh, Lamar Jackson, who's the better quarterback, they're the last two MVPs in the NFL. What do you think is going to, is anything going to really be settled from this matchup? Because once again, you are going to have Mahomes, you are going to have Jackson. Monday Night Football, the whole world is watching. Will this settle any type of uh, debate, in your opinion? And um, Talon, I'm going to start back off with you.
3: No. T- t- um, no, I- I- to answer your question simply, no. I don't think this debate will ever be settled. Um, for years to come, you know, it's a whole Manning Brady debate that I don't feel like that ever got settled. I think most people probably say Brady just because of the rings. But with these two guys young in their career, they're both going to ball out, you know, this is going to be a a game where they're both highlighted, their their skills are going to be talked about throughout the entire contest. Um, You know, they both have so many weapons on their offense. So I I don't think it's going to be settled. And they both have two very different skill sets. You know, Mahomes is that gunslinger type where he seems like he can make any sort of throw all across the field where he can also run. Lamar Jackson is obviously just an, un, uh, an amazing athlete. I do, he's a better athlete than Mahomes. I don't really think there's much argument there. Uh, he's very good on his feet, but he can also make certain throws. He has a talented arm. Just very two different quarterbacks that are just very good at what they do respectively. So, no, I don't think this is going to be settled, and I don't think it will be settled for years to come.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Talon. Um, the one thing I would add is that, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson to win this game, though. In the grand scheme of things, this game isn't going to decide who's the better quarterback between the two. I mean, it's not a playoff game or anything like that. But, you know, Mahomes is 2-0 and against Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, that may get to Lamar Jackson a little bit. He's like, okay, like, I got to, you know, beat Patrick Mahomes. It's like I haven't got over that hump yet. So I do think we're going to see Lamar Jackson come out and, you know, play with a little bit of a, with a chip on his shoulder, just because, you know, you know, the words are out there that like, hey, he can't beat Patrick Mahomes, he can't beat the Chiefs. So it'll be interesting, uh, you know, how he comes out and plays, uh, with the uh, against Kansas City, and if, you know, if he's able to, you know, make some plays, and you know, if he uh, plays a little harder than what we usually see, um, uh, you know, Mahomes is, you know, this is going just another game to him, in my opinion. You know, he's just trying to win every game he can so he can go. But he's already proven that he can beat the Ravens and and Lamar Jackson and he's already won a Super Bowl so this is just another game for him in my opinion
2: okay I can see that and obviously like I said that's one big matchup another matchup that I feel like is uh not getting enough attention and probably should how about the head coaches you know these are two good head coaches John Harbaugh you got Andy Reid of course what do you expect out of these two? And do you feel like there's going to be a lot, a real big chess game? Because you have two offenses that can score. And what do you think the focus really is going to be more on the defense as opposed to the offense like it usually is? And uh, Mitch, coming right back to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to be a chess match. The, uh, the, last, two, the last two games have really actually been a chess match. I know in their last matchup uh, last year, the Chiefs kind of – got an early lead and then Ravens kind of came back but you can just tell that these two coaches highly respect each other John Harbaugh coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree they know they have a similar mind and you know they both know what you know each other's trying to do so it's definitely like an interesting matchup um but I think you know this game's gonna be mostly offensively uh, you know you can't put the hands put the game in the hands of the defense when you have quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're going to be the stars. It's all going to be about who, who can put up the most points. And hopefully uh, one of the def- hopefully the chiefs defense, you know, gets a stop or two to, uh to stop the Ravens. But, um, you know, it's definitely going to be about the quarterbacks in this game.
3: Yeah. And you talk about two coaches who know each other so well. And then Harbaugh and Reed, I mean, they, they go way back uh, as Mitch alluded to Reed or uh, Harbaugh comes from the Reed tree. So it's one of those classic student versus the teacher sort of things. Even though Harbaugh has proven his worth as a head coach, I mean he's got Super Bowl titles, um, and and some may say I don't think it's warranted. But I think some may say that Harbaugh might even be the better coach now. Um, I don't agree. I don't think that's the case. I think Reed's probably the best coach in the NFL right now. I think he's probably better than Belichick at this current moment. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is going to be just you don't you don't find this very often in the NFL. You don't see two coaches with this amount of tenure behind him uh, facing off that often, especially in a regular season game. And it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to see who can one up the other, who's outthinking the other, who knows what's coming more than the other. It's, it's going to be one of those things where someone's going to overthink a certain situation and that's going to bite him in the ass uh, or butt. Sorry, that's going to bite him in the behind. Um, so whoever overthinks, I think that's going to be the loser of this game.
2: Hey, Talon. It's okay. We're PG thirteen. It's okay. You can...
3: <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm in. I'm I'm coming off of practice. I've been coaching. You know, I, now I'm I'm in that mode. I'm, I'm not I'm not PG anymore, man. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: it's okay. <But laughs> Talent is very passionate about the coaching matchup. He's he's ready for it. <laughs> it's
2: good stuff. To, now you know what? If you're passionate about that, then you're gonna be passionate for the last matchup at the end. I, I hold this to the end because I feel like this one deserves such a deep dive and discussion. And we're talking about the two kickers here, all right? You got Harrison Butker and you got Justin Tucker. Those are probably, the, what, the, the two best uh, kickers in the league right now? So, obviously, we do the Chiefs Wire podcast, but let's really, let's really break this down. Talon, coming right back to you, better kicker,
3: Butker or Tucker? I, I got to go Harrison Butker. I mean, he's, he's proven that he can hit the, the clutch – kicks when he needs to uh he's younger he's got uh he seems to have a little bit more fire in him tucker is just that seasoned veteran where you know what to expect tucker's the new adam venetary where no matter what situation you know he's gonna be cool as a cucumber Buckard still out to kind of prove himself he did that a lot uh proved a lot about himself last week against the chargers but tucker tucker's proven himself he knows everybody knows what to expect from tucker butker's still that that you know chip on the shoulder hey Uh, I'm the best. I'm out to prove something. So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, the the two mentalities of these kickers and and how much confidence they have in themselves. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I hope it comes down to kicks. (laughs) And this one I do. I do hope it comes down to kicks. I'm ready to see a good game. I'm ready to see like a 50-48 Rams Chiefs Monday night football type of game you know a couple years ago I want to see that I just want to see a high scoring matchup and then I want to see Bucker stroll out and just nail an ice cold kick from about 50 plus again I just want to see it again and I want to see the Baltimore Ravens go ahead and exit uh, exit the field and 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 still with that realization like uh, we are still second best yeah I mean both of these kickers you can
0: make an argument that you know they're actually main parts of the offense like we saw that last week Last week against with, against the Chargers of but, with Butker, you know, they really had him make, make it to the 40-yard line, and, you know, it was almost guaranteed that he's going to get his three points. And the thing, same thing goes with Tucker. You know, he's such a big part of their offense because they only have to make it, you know, to the 40-yard line, and it's almost like, hey, like, this guy's going to put three points up on the board. But as of right now, I'm going to give Butker the slight edge. Uh, Tucker definitely has had a better career so far. You know, he's been very consistent. Uh, but skill right now, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Bucker. I'm hoping he can keep it up. Hopefully he can keep that consistency, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Harrison Bucker.
2: All right, we're going to stay on the home side. I like it. Harrison Bucker gets uh, both votes right there. Okay, guys, I, we've, we're pretty much at the end of this debate, but now I got to get your wild cards. This is something new that i want to throw in a little wrinkle what do you feel like is the biggest wild card from either team that's going to be the, the biggest factor in this game? And uh, Mitch, going to start off with you. Who do you think is the biggest wild card from this game?
0: So I don't know if they're going to perform well, in my opinion. I don't know if they're going to perform very well, uh, to be honest. But um, I got to go with the Chiefs linebackers. I think they're going to have to play a really big part in this game just because the Ravens like to run a ball and, and they're so successful. The defensive line isn't going to be able to do everything by themselves. Our linebackers are going to have to be a big part. Um, and I'm thinking to, you know, help come to make up for that is if we start playing Willie Gay. We saw him, you know, almost block a punt last week against the Chargers. So we, we know he's very athletic. Um, he's one of the most athletic linebackers coming out of the draft this year. So maybe putting him out there to spy on Lamar Jackson and, you know, help stop their great running backs would be a really good, you know, beneficial thing to this defense. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of film on him, so I'd like to see him get some more playing time. But I think our linebackers are definitely going to be the biggest part and that wild card into stopping the Ravens offense.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go, <laughs> go a little uh, random here. I'm going to say Nick Kaiser. Um, and for one reason, one reason only, <clears throat> the Ravens have, have kind of struggled this year to stop tight ends. Uh, and, and against the Texans last week, it was uh, the backup tight end, Jordan Akins. Uh, he was targeted seven times, had seven receptions, 55 yards. And then the other starting tight end, Darren Fells even got to the end zone. So they allowed uh, nine receptions, about 80 yards between two tight ends. So I think Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. Hardman, all the receiver, all the well-known guys are going to take up this the attention of this defense. And if the Chiefs' O line can hold up, and this is a different pass rush as you said earlier, Ed, this is not such a speedy pass rush; this is more of a powerful pass rush uh, from the Ravens. So if we can give time to Mahomes, I think Nick Kaiser is going to going to surprise a lot of people. He's going to be a sneaky, you know, find in the in, in the zone defense that that sometimes uh, a Martindale likes to play. So I think if Travis Kelsey is taking up. You know their primary defender. I think you might see Nick Kaiser uh, expose that defense a little bit, just like the Houston tight ends did last week.
2: Yeah, that is definitely a wild card. I would not have, uh, I would have not gone that route, Talon. But I like it. That was that was good. That was very different. But you know what? My wild card is probably a a little more of a well-known name, and we've been calling for it for the last two weeks now. I think this is the week, considering the whole Sammy Watkins situation, McCole Hardman. I think McCall Hartman becomes that guy that breaks out. You know, obviously Tariq Hill's going to get all the attention. You're going to have a lot of attention on Travis Kelsey. McCall Hartman has been so quiet that I think this is the game where he has the breakout and has all the expectations that people have had for him. I, I just, I feel like he's, he needs it. You know, he needs it. The Chiefs need it. It's probably a different look. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can uh, break out of the slip right here.
0: Yeah, that would be big. Considering he had a pretty rough game against the Chargers last week, it just seemed like he wasn't mentally there. So if he comes out big against the Ravens, and you know, you know, with his number being called, it might be time for him to finally break out. That's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good pick there.
3: Yeah, at some point he's got to break out, right? Like it has to happen. I I I thought it was going to be Week One. I thought he was going to be a big part of the game plan. He had like two targets, so <laughs> I was ice cold on that one. I hope I'm not ice cold on the Kaiser pick, but. Um yeah man, I would love to see a Hartman break out. I I've been waiting for it. I think he's going to be such a big part of this offense uh for his career and I I would love to see it happen in this game.
2: All right guys, we're down to the last part and you know what it is, it's time for predictions, okay? Let's get your score, let's get who the winner is. And Talon, you're up first.
3: Uh yeah, look, we we talked about this um earlier in the off season about the toughest opponents the chiefs will face. And I had the Ravens at number two, I think um, I would change that. Now I would put them definitely number one, but I, I am going to be one of the most unpopular guys in Kansas city for a while, but I do think this is a chief's loss. I do. I, I think the Ravens have too much uh, momentum. I think they have too much motivation. I think they just, they're, they're, they're too um, amped up to not lose this or to lose this game. Uh, The Chiefs are coming off a Super Bowl victory. They don't really have a lot to prove right now. I know they're coming off of a rough game. Uh, They're kind of down. They don't seem to be in sync. And then when you look at the Ravens, they're nothing but in sync. They've played very well. Lamar Jackson is coming off an MVP season. I feel like this is the season where the Ravens are like, it's Super Bowl or bust. We have everything to prove. You know, everybody's talking about the Chiefs being the AFC team to beat. Ravens want to prove that they're the AFC team to beat. Uh, And the way that defense plays is just they're going to try to – attack that chiefs offense the way that the chargers did. So I see this Ravens team playing at home, uh, really taking advantage of, of kind of a not kind of a down chiefs team right now. So I do think the Ravens walk away. Um, and I'm going to say it's going to be a 38 to a uh, 28 victory for the Ravens.
0: So I've been back and forth all day thinking about this. Um, and I, find, I decided to go ahead and give the Chiefs the win. Um, the main reason why is I think the Chiefs are, you know, kind of feeling down about the performance last week. You know, they, they got punched in the mouth by the Chargers, you know, and they got punched in the mouth by a, by a rookie quarterback. So I think they're going to come out with a little extra motivation against, this week against the Ravens. They know what's at stake there. You know, it's uh, very important that you get the number one seed this year in the NFL or in the AFC or NFC because I believe that's the only uh, team that gets a bye. So it's extremely important to get that to get that number one seed. So they're going to be, you know, competing with the Ravens with that spot all season. So uh, they're definitely going to need this win. So I think they know what's at stake. And just considering their poor performance last week, I think they're, you know, ready to go. They want to show like, hey, that was just a fluke. Like we can, we can beat anybody in the NFL. You know, we should have beat the Chargers way more than what we should have. So I'm going to head and go ahead and give the Chiefs to win 31 to 27, Uh pretty close score, but the Chiefs pull away right at the very end there.
2: Okay. Okay. So we're, we're split here. I guess I'm going to be deciding uh, vote here on predictions. So, you know what, obviously a lot of scoring is expected from both of these teams and I don't think that's going to change. I, I can't see this being a, uh, you know, like a 10 seven type of game and a grinded out type of game. So I'm going to throw this score out there. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be like 49 to 42. It'll, it'll be another masterpiece like that on a Monday night. The whole world's watching. I'm going 49, 42, in favor of the Chiefs. Staying with the Chiefs there on we this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting nervous. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
3: no, I, I hey, I hope I'm wrong. I, I sincerely hope I'm wrong. But just watching that Ravens defense, man, they are good as an entire unit. You know, they've good. They're good. They've, they've allowed 22 points. Um, on the entire season. I just, they're they are so good. It, it, it worries me a little bit, but Hey, if we're going to lose to the Ravens, I'd rather it be in week three. Um, I'd rather not to lose to them at all, but I, I do, I do hope I'm wrong.
2: My reason and trust me, your prediction is really good and I definitely agree with it, but I have to, I have to think that Patrick Mahomes wants this type of matchup. He wants this type of pressure and this is a type of situation where he really wants to air it out and prove something, you know? Obviously, there's no beef between him and Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, all those guys that he's always compared to. But he wants to prove to the whole world that he is the top guy. So what better way than Monday Night Football to really put on the show? So I just see him really pushing the limits there.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup regardless. These are two of the best teams the AFC has to offer, and they're both playing really good football as a whole. Uh, And I know the Chiefs struggled last week. But as a whole, coming off the Super Bowl season, Man, these two teams are – they're definitely the class of the AFC.
2: Yeah, it definitely is, and it's going to be a fun game. I know you guys are going to be tuned in. We're all going to be tuned in. Uh, Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at The Chiefs Wire, because we're going to have always updates leading up to the game. It's the huge – it's the biggest game that's going to be on on Monday. There's nothing else, okay? So I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, There's no baseball, no nothing else happening on that day. So, uh, guys, we'll see what happens by this time next week.
3: Yes, we will. <laughs> Hopefully pull away with the win.
2: Let's hope so. All right, guys, until next week, this has been the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Signing off. Chiefs Wire Podcast. We are back and I have a special guest on the line. He is the managing editor of the Ravens Wire. We have Mr. Matthew Stevens on here. Matthew, how's it going?
4: Uh, it's going fantastic. Super excited for this matchup. Yeah, man. I mean, you're talking
2: about, uh, obviously everyone's had this circled on a calendar since the uh, since the actual schedule came out. Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson again just get can we get an understanding of what is it in terms of like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens how are they approaching this game against the Chiefs is it a big deal in their minds or is it more like we're just hyping it up as the media
4: well I mean I I don't think you can get a bigger game this season media wise or player wise I mean uh, this was a matchup last season that was kind of highlighted for for Baltimore toward the end of the season um you know, j- just because of it was one of their few losses last year, uh, it was obviously the Chiefs went on to to, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so Baltimore kind of felt like, you know, it, it was a shootout last year. They have a chance to go ahead and win it this year. Uh, you're going up against the reigning Super Bowl champions. You're going up against a former MVP in Patrick Mahomes. You're going up against, in, in just about every meaningful uh, uh, power rankings list this offseason you're going up against 1 and 2 right here so i mean outside of them playing in in the the super bowl together because they're they're both afc teams i don't see i don't think you get a bigger matchup from a fan perspective from a media perspective and then even from a player perspective i mean the the ravens know what this means if they go ahead and, and beat the chiefs at all uh, and if they're able to be as dominant as they were in week 1 and week 2 against the chiefs you know even better
2: Oh, definitely. And obviously, looking at the big matchup, you got the two, the last two MVPs in the league going against each other. When you see Lamar Jackson's game from last year to this year, have you seen any adjustments over these past two games that you could say, okay, he's trying to take that next level, that next step to maybe become a more consistent um, elite quarterback? You know, so is it have you seen some type of progression from him so far?
4: Absolutely. I mean, last season, he was uh, pretty underrated as a passer. I mean, uh, one of the better deep balls uh, w- was more of a pocket passer than anyone really gave him any credit for. Um, but this season, he, you know, he, he's, he's come out. He's been a little bit more poised in the pocket. He hasn't necessarily taken off and, and run as often as he did last year. Uh, and, and you can look at that against the Houston game in week two where there was a few instances where probably actually would have made more sense had he just taken off and and started running. Um, And and he's throwing more outside, you know, which is the the progression you see from young quarterbacks as they start getting more comfortable in their offense with their personnel and just with the speed of the game they start being able to throw outside, which is where you can really go ahead and hit those big plays, uh, and and it opens up the entire field for you and your entire scheme for you. So, you know, Lamar across the board has been a far better quarterback, and I said it leading up to this season. The one area I wanted to see him get better at was being more mature as a passer, and we saw it with Patrick Mahomes over the last few years. You know, he he knows he doesn't need to win every play every game in order for the, the Chiefs to win. Lamar Jackson's finally started to kind of learn that as well. And he, he's not throwing into as many dangerous situations. He's not putting himself in any bad situations. Uh, he's playing smart football. And again, I, I think that just comes from, you know, the game slowing down for him, which we've seen across this league does not happen for every quarterback. It doesn't happen for every player, but much less every quarterback. So huge, huge jump for Lamar Jackson this season, uh, even if it doesn't necessarily uh, isn't being shown on the stat sheet quite yet
2: very true very true you always see uh um certain players just take that next step each year and Lamar Jackson I could definitely see that as well as the year goes on just continue to improve and uh, you know get a lot of those doubters off his back in regards to his passing um uh, one thing that's never been a doubt in terms of uh the Baltimore Ravens has been their defense What are your thoughts on this year's defense and uh, do you feel like they are as dominant as they've shown so far these last two weeks?
4: Honestly, I, I think a lot of people are underrating how great this defense is, mainly because you got Lamar Jackson, which is, you know, drawing so much of the attention, so much of the spotlight, you know, but Baltimore has held teams to 21 or fewer points for 13 consecutive regular season games. Uh, This is a team that is blowing out opponents, both Houston and the Cleveland Browns, both two very talented teams, certainly as as the Chiefs, though, against the Texans. You know, their margin of victory is 24.5 points per game. Uh, The next team is 15. Um, So certainly this defense is just shutting down really good quarterbacks, shutting down really good rushing attacks, shutting down really good wide receivers pretty much across the board. So uh, a defense that, again, I, I think isn't necessarily getting nearly the attention they deserve, uh, but just dominant across the board for this defense and uh, something that Baltimore really kind of spent the offseason revamping in an effort to get better uh, and get to this point.
2: And speaking of revamping, uh, obviously one of the biggest stories was the uh, the, the release of Earl Thomas. Were you um, surprised by the way the Ravens went about doing that? And did you feel like that would have an effect on the team this year?
4: I'm, I'm both shocked and not shocked. And, and whenever you talk about, you know, cutting a potential hall of fame player later on in his years and a pro bowl player uh, last season, you know, that that's, that's going to draw headlines for obvious reasons. You know, Earl Thomas still a really, really good player, Um, But, you know, when you start hearing about some of the things that that happened in the locker room, when you start hearing about some of the stuff that's, uh, you know, happened on the field and in meeting rooms and and some of his own personal issues this offseason, you know, Baltimore is a team that they want to know what's going on. They want to help you. And you need to buy into this team atmosphere. You need to buy into this family atmosphere. And if you don't, you know, you're going to get kicked out. And I think, you know, it, it is shocking to some degree to see Baltimore do it just because again they had to eat money in order to happen uh but at the same time again I I think this now sent a message to the entire roster you know look either either get in or get out and that's the way it's going to be and if we're going to cut Earl Thomas you better believe you're not you're not as big of a name as Earl Thomas I mean outside of like Lamar Jackson uh and we have no problem cutting you either so I I think it was a a good move for him on that front, and you're kind of seeing the team rally around that initially. Uh, But at the same time, you know, again, Earl Thomas was a Pro Bowl safety. You're going to see a drop down in in production from that. And I like Deshaun Elliott. I like what he brings to the game, but he's not nearly the cover safety that that Earl Thomas is. I I think he's a harder hitter. I think he's a guy who's going to make the tackle, which certainly if you look back at that playoff game against the Tennessee Titans – probably the biggest sore point in Ravens fans uh, uh, for the last decade. So, you know, maybe Baltimore's better off on that side, but they're, they're feeling it on the cover side for sure. And, and they're doing a good job of making up for it. But, you know, can Deshaun Elliott stay healthy? He's missed two of the two seasons that he's been uh, in the league. And, and can he go ahead and continue to rise to the occasion uh, when tested by, by teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, who I fully expect to test him early and, uh, and often.
2: Yeah, and definitely just staying on that um, topic of that matchup with the uh, with the Ravens defense going against the Chiefs' weapons, how do you feel like this team matches up? I mean, you, you saw last week in terms of what the Chargers were able to do uh, to the Chiefs and uh, just trying to make Mahomes uncomfortable, putting pressure on the quarterback. Do the Ravens have enough players that can really put pressure on Mahomes to, to kind of force them to get rid of the ball early and, and not let the uh, wide receivers develop their routes?
4: Well, uh, you know, when you look at what the the Chargers have, they've got a really, really good set of of pass rushers. Baltimore doesn't quite have that, um, but they're going to make up for it with blitzing. And and you better believe Patrick Mahomes is going to see all 11 players at some point probably send pressure after him just from different areas of the field in an effort to confuse them. And, And you look to last season's game, uh, you know, Baltimore's done a little bit this offseason to, to kind of revamp things. Uh, but, you know, but they got a sack on them. They, they got uh, what, eight quarterback hits on them last year. You know, so they can get pressure on them. The big key, and this is what we found out in week two against the Houston Texans, is, you know, pressure is one thing. Actually getting a guy down on the ground is a different thing. Mahomes, just like Deshaun Watson, is able to escape that pressure really, really well. Uh, great pocket presence, great ability to, you know, just get out and roll around uh, and, and run around if uh, somebody's up against him. So, you know, it, it's going to be a huge test, but you better believe Baltimore looked at that game and went, okay, let's maybe start incorporating some of those things. Let's let's get some of those guys in there. And, um, you know, I, I think pressure is up the middle is going to be the biggest thing if you're Baltimore, you're going to want to do to Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team. I think that's where you, you have the best shot of getting after Patrick Mahomes is just by sending delayed blitzes and and getting guys like, you know, Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf into the mix in the interior. Uh, I I think that's where it's really going to be at. And then you're going to have to just hope your secondary is as good as they have been up to this point and that they can go ahead and lock down just speed options across the board. Uh, You you hope for a lot of things and, and we'll see if that's able to actually happen or not.
2: That's very true. And uh, just to take a look at the flip side of everything, uh, you got the uh, Ravens offense against the Chiefs defense. Where's the biggest concern you feel like for the for the uh, Ravens offense against the Chiefs defense? Is a guy like in a secondary like Tyron Matthew, or are you worried about the uh, defensive line? What do you feel like is the biggest concern for the Ravens offense?
4: Well, for me, it's it's, you know, all about – making sure that Lamar Jackson isn't hit as often. Um, Again, we we looked at week two versus week one, week one, he was hit a little bit, but, you know, largely speaking, had some time to pass, was able to go ahead and make some uh, big plays down the field just because he had time. You look to last week against the Houston Texans hit on every single play was, was rolled out, um, you know, really forced to go ahead and think on the fly and, and he did well, but at the same time, the more, more time you give Lamar Jackson, the more dangerous he's going to be both, on the ground and through the air. So, uh, you know, that that defensive line, those pass rushers, you know, guys like Frank Clark, uh, that's concerning for me uh, if I'm Baltimore. I want to make sure I got those guys pretty well handled, or at the very least we, we have a scheme in place to where we can get the ball out quickly so that way we don't have Lamar Jackson taking a ton of hits. We don't have him potentially rattled, which is what we saw in last year's week three game against the Chiefs. Uh, you know they got after him well, and, and they were able to go ahead and rattle him a little bit and uh, in, in this game, one drive not being a touchdown could be the difference
2: uh, I definitely agree with that, and, and you know we talk about just one drive being the difference. you have two teams with uh, two great kickers, so this could really come down to a, a game winning a field goal again, so uh, it should be really interesting to see how things plan out
4: yeah, absolutely i mean justin tucker i, I don't care what anyone says, best kicker in the league, bar none. Uh, it, it, it's, I know Chiefs fans are, <laughs> are are up there with their guy, but uh, when you look, I mean, just at stats wise, Tucker is the best kicker in NFL history, bar none. Um, you know, he needs more years to get to that point where he can really make that case of all time, all time. But, you know, you don't have a higher field goal percentage. You don't have a higher extra point percentage. Uh, the guy's got a leg to where he can boot it from beyond 60 if you give him a chance. I, again, I, I think if I'm if I'm any GM for any of the 32 teams and Tucker's available, it doesn't matter who the other kicker is that's also available. You're signing Justin Tucker first, and you're signing him to a record contract. That's, that's how that is. So uh, certainly the Chiefs have a guy – proved that last week, able to go ahead and hit that overtime field goal, a long one. Uh, You know, they've got a guy that I I clearly, they feel pretty confident in as well, who can go ahead and get it done. Um, But if we're talking about kickoff duels, if it it comes off to that, uh, Justin Tucker's my guy, and that's the guy I'd bet on.
2: I love how we we pretty much almost end the interview talking about the kickers as being the most clutch part of this game. When you have a, a game that has Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and we're talking about the kickers, this is great.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and And you know what? I mean, when you have two really good teams, when you have two really good offenses and defenses, that's often what happens. It often comes down to the kicker in the last three seconds, getting iced. You got to make sure he's there and able to go ahead and hit those kicks. And, You know, I'm sure the Chiefs have had this over the years. Baltimore certainly has, uh, you know, in a playoff game that that will haunt Ravens fans forever. Uh, If you don't have a kicker that can hit those types of field goals and those clutch moments, you're going to lose these games. That's just what happens. So um, I have no doubt it's going to come to the leg of of one of these guys uh, down the line, either either a kick somewhere in the game that's either missed or, or hit. Uh, or one at the very last second or in overtime that, that is going to seal this game. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it is funny, but it's uh, 30 other teams wish they had our kickers.
2: <laughs> this is, this is very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthew, before I let you go, I gotta, I gotta ask you a prediction on the score. From Monday night, what is your prediction? I, I'm assuming you're going to say the Ravens are winning this, but uh, I just want to hear the, the score. We got to get a number here. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, you know what? Just because I, I want Chiefs fans in my mentions, I'm going to say it's 35 to 24, Ravens. Ooh.
2: 35 to 24 okay i like that you know we're gonna put it up there too we're gonna make sure your prediction is listed too so this is good stuff
4: absolutely absolutely go ahead and hit me up on twitter for sure you know let's start following me i'm giving out bold predictions this week
2: (laughs) i like it matthew (laughs) thank you for taking the time to talk to us man looking forward to a great game on monday
4: absolutely me too and uh Uh, this is going to be one for regardless of how the outcome is one that is is worthy of the primetime spotlight.
2: Oh, definitely. Definitely, man. Get your popcorn ready. It should be great. (laughs) (laughs) Take care.
4: Thank you. You too.
2: For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.